Before we get started with the Tim Pool Daily Show podcast, make sure you check out Timcast IRL on all podcast platforms. It's a show where I bring on guests from across the political spectrum and various fields to discuss cultural and political issues and the breaking news of the day. You can watch the show live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast IRL or find the show on all podcast platforms. Again, Timcast IRL. That being said, Onto the show. The fate of the Republic hangs in the balance, something both Democrats and Republicans believe right now. The Georgia Senate runoff, two seats available. And if the Democrats win, they will take control of the lower and upper chambers of Congress and expected to take the presidency with Joe Biden. That would mean they can ram through all of the policies they want some pretty bold ones. They'd probably pack the Supreme Court, giving them control of every branch of government. Naturally, the Democrats are saying now is our chance and they are leading the charge and playing some dirty games. Now, don't count out Republicans. They've got some dirty games of their own, but Republicans can only hold their ground. Donald Trump recently put out a 46 minute video laying out how he should have won this election. And it's statistically impossible. The things that Joe Biden pulled off calling on SCOTUS to overturn this, to name him the victor. Perhaps this won't be enough. It's beyond a long a long shot beyond all long shots. So the best thing Republicans can do is hold their ground in the Senate to create a stabilizing period where no one really gets what they want. Meaning if Republicans want to prevent the Democrats from taking everything and ramming through their policy, they must win, which means all the stops are coming out This will be ground zero for the culture war in the next several months. And of course, as I said, there are dirty games afoot. Oh, let me start with the Republicans. Well, I shouldn't say the Republicans, but at least one Republican who is caught on camera. Actually, they uploaded this video themselves telling people to move to Georgia, register to vote there and vote because it's that important. Now, many are saying this is illegal. And this is something we saw Democrats actually talking about doing just a week or so ago. Democrats were urging other Democrats to move to Georgia, register so they could vote in the Senate runoff. We got at least one Republican saying the same thing. I'm not going to pretend like this one Republican guy is a high profile, prominent figure. It's just one local lawyer saying, I'm going to move to Georgia. But we heard Andrew Yang. Now, he's prominent saying he was going to move down there. He didn't say he was going to vote. He said he was going to help. And that's what he's doing. But there were other prominent, verified, high profile Democrats saying move to Georgia. Now we're seeing the games get a lot dirtier. Georgia sees Hollywood figures posing as Republicans, mockingly urging conservatives not to vote. We also have billboards popping up from a liberal and leftist political action committee telling people Donald Trump didn't deliver. uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the GOP didn't deliver for Trump. So don't deliver for the Republicans. Don't deliver for the GOP. But these people putting these billboards are not Republicans. You see, the left is pretending to be Republican telling people that they should not vote or they should write in Donald Trump. Now, this is sabotage. But you know, what's really crazy. The Trump war room, Trump's campaign Twitter account tweeted that Lynn Wood, one of the lawyers fighting on behalf of the Trump campaign, has made several donations and was consistently a Democrat. Lynn Wood is now urging American, urging people in Georgia not to vote Republican because the election's rigged anyway. A rift is emerging and the Republicans are saying, stop, what are you doing? And now 
people are calling out Linwood and Sidney Powell for urging people not to vote in Georgia, saying they're actually Democrats. A rift is forming in MAGA country, and this could be really bad news for the Republicans. But it's all about political war, man. That's what this is. It's political war. And people are going to do everything from legal to illegal. This is the name of the game. And this is what we're seeing. We're seeing Democrats play one of the dirtiest tricks I have ever seen, lying and pretending to be Republicans to trick Republicans into not voting. Hardcore voter suppression. Well, we got a lot to go through. I said it all. So let's just get started and see what this trick is. Before we do get started, however, make sure you subscribe to youtube.com slash Timcast IRL. It is my podcast show. We do a show live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. with different guests where we go over the news of the day with different people of different perspectives. Subscribe to that channel because we're going to be really ramping things up and uh, you probably would enjoy it. We have different guests. Like I said, it'll be fun. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Let's read the news. Fox reports, Georgia sees Hollywood figures posing as Republicans mockingly urging conservatives not to vote. They say Republican Senator David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler will both face off against Democratic opponents in special runoff elections on January 5th after no candidate earned a plurality of votes in November. Perdue is running against John Ossoff and Loeffler is running against uh, Reverend Raphael Warnock. The races will determine the control of the Senate and Democrats must win both or risk having their agenda reined in. Now, this is good news for Republicans. They, they only need to win one seat, but it's one race, essentially one race. The Democrats are gearing up for this specific race. It's not happening at different times. It is happening at the same time, which means it may as well be one race. It may as well just be one because people are going to vote Democrat. They're going to vote Republican. And interestingly, whether or not you trust them, the polls show bad news. But let's let's see what Democrats are doing. Quote, let's keep Trump in Washington to keep an eye on that crook Biden and his Democrat cronies. Let's send him to the Senate in Georgia. Netflix producer Jake Rossman wrote on Twitter. Walking Dead actor Daniel Newman has tweeted dozens of times urging conservatives to write in Trump. Vote Trump for Georgia Senate runoff. All my Republicans, let's stand with Trump. Don't abandon him. Newman wrote in one tweet. Make sure you write in his name, Trump, on runoffs election ballot. The tweet featured a clip of a fake ballot with the Senate candidates' names crossed out and Trump's written in. Write in Kanye West if you really hate Democrats, Newman urges, or boycott runoff elections altogether to stand united. Biden cheated. In one video shared to Twitter, Newman takes on Southern drawl. Listen, I like Kelly Loeffler just fine, but the truth is she's a girl. She can't be a senator, he claimed. Brian Guest, who started a number of Netflix and Quibi shows, shared a clip of himself acting as a baseball player and urging Georgians to vote Trump for senator. Here's a fake baseball player wanting you to vote for Donald Trump for senator for Georgia. 16 former Georgia GOP leaders did pen a letter warning that conservative voters might think their votes don't matter after fraud claims. Quote, we have watched with increasing concern as the debate surrounding the state's electoral system has made some within our, uh, our party consider whether voting in the, in, the, in the coming runoff election matters. Without every vote cast for Trump and all our Republican candidates on November 3rd also being cast in the U.S. Senate runoffs, the trajectory of our state and nation will be irreparably altered on January 5th. Georgia Secretary of State Brian Raffensperger, a Republican who supported the president, has pushed back against the claims of widespread fraud. This we understand. Now, you may be saying, you may be saying, these are just jokes. They're jokes on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we really going to fact check jokes? Sometimes you do have to. Now, if it was just say like the Babylon Bee or the Onion, I do think it's silly when you fact check that. 
You need only say Babylon B is a satire site. Pay attention. But what we're seeing now are high profile verified Twitter accounts and people don't know who they are. So perhaps putting a satire label might make sense. Unfortunately, Twitter's not going to do that. And this may actually convince people. But you know what? Far be it from me to say people can't make jokes. Okay. well, let's talk about the more serious and twisted political campaign. Democratic PAC billboards push Trump supporters to sit out of uh, out Georgia Senate runoff vote. The billboards say Purdue Loeffler didn't deliver for Trump. Don't deliver for them. They say really American PAC, a group that has run ads referring to Loeffler and Purdue as enemies of Georgia, said it has already placed nine billboards in Georgia. The billboards say the billboards say Purdue Loeffler didn't deliver for Trump. Don't deliver for them. Trump supporters in Georgia are saying that because David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler couldn't deliver a victory for uh, in Georgia for Trump, MAGA supporters should not deliver a victory for them in the runoff election. We agree. Really, American PAC said in a message on Democratic fundraising platform Act Blue. Here's a tweet. Perdue and Loeffler got rich. Georgians got sick. Can we get 3000 retweets on this? We're blanketing Georgia with our billboards to remind Georgians, among other things, that their senators got rich while Georgians suffered. What they're doing with these billboards that say Loeffler and Purdue didn't deliver for Trump is, as many people have criticized, pretending to be Republicans, principled individuals saying we are not the party of the Republicans. We are the party of Trump. And if they won't deliver for us, we won't deliver for them. There have been actual arguments from people saying that the Republicans should have pressured Brian Kemp and Raffensperger to overturn this election or to do hard signature verification, which he has not done, in which case they have started saying, don't vote for the Republicans. Boycott the Senate race unless they support Donald Trump. And that's a huge mistake. And the Democrats are gloating and cheering for it. And they're playing into it, tricking people and manipulating them into not voting. They say the PAC plans to put up 20 or more billboards in rural Georgia counties if it reaches its $100,000 fundraising goal. The message added, As of Tuesday night, the campaign had raised a total of about $34,000. The billboard campaign launched amid a protracted legal challenge by the Trump campaign, which is alleged that voter fraud affected the election results in Georgia and other states. The claims which have been dismissed by election officials have sparked calls among some Trump supporters for a boycott of the Georgia runoff vote. Trump personally urged his supporters to turn out in Georgia, tweeting last week that a boycott would play right into the hands of of some very sick people. The outcome of Georgia's two Senate runoff races will determine which political party controls the upper chamber of Congress. With wins in both races, Democrats would secure a 50-50 tie, with Vice President-elect Kamala Harris serving as a tiebreaker. Senator Kelly Loeffler is running against Raphael Warnock, a pastor and prominent civil rights activist, while Purdue is running against Democratic challenger John Ossoff. I think things are going to get particularly spicy. Check this out. Georgia group founded by Stacey Abrams under investigation for seeking out of state and dead voters group was previously chaired by Democratic Senate candidate Raphael Warnock. Political war, baby. The stops have been pulled out and they are going to do everything they can to win. Pretend to be a Republican and complain about Trump. You betcha. Put up billboards doing just that. Oh, definitely seeking to register out of state and dead voters. Well, that's an active investigation, it would seem. They say Raffin, uh, Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger has launched investigations into several groups, including one founded by former Georgia gubernatorial candidate 
Stacey Abrams, for seeking to aggressively register ineligible out-of-state or deceased voters before the state's January 5th Senate runoff elections. Raffensperger for weeks has issued warnings against efforts to register individuals who are ineligible to vote. Quote, I have issued clear warnings several times to groups and individuals working to undermine the integrity of elections in Georgia through false and fraudulent registrations. Raffensperger said in a statement Wednesday, the security of Georgia's elections is of the utmost importance. Well, where are we right now with what's happening in Georgia? My friends, I give you Ed Morrissey tweets, either Survey USA's sampling is way off or Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell are having a big impact on the runoff. Republicans appear to be talking their way into losses in Georgia. Gulp. GA runoff poll shows Ossif up 50 to 48, Warnock 42 to 45. And we have from political polls, the same poll, we can see the hard numbers, Warnock plus seven, Ossif plus two. Well, that's bad news, isn't it? You know what? We got a historical margin of error of seven points. So uh, I'm not buying it. I think they're going to get this one. I think they're all getting this one wrong. The polls are completely worthless. And so the only thing we really have is political warfare. I'm not saying hot war. I'm saying political war. Meaning if you thought the traditional dirty political games were bad, wait until you see what is going to happen in Georgia. Georgia's going to have like 30 million residents like increase in the next month as people are driving full speed. This is ground zero for the political, the political war and the culture war. As I mentioned, the polls are meaningless, but check it out. Florida attorney under investigation for registering to vote in Georgia, encouraging others to do the same from WSB TV Atlanta. A Florida attorney is at the center of a new state investigation after elections officials say he recently attempted to register to vote in Georgia and instructed other Florida Republicans on how to do it. Bill Price is seen in a now deleted Facebook live video speaking to the Bay County GOP members in Florida on November 7th. It was about half an hour after the election was called for the Joe Biden Kamala Harris ticket. Channel 2 investigative reporter Nicole Carr recorded the nearly hour long video Tuesday afternoon shortly before it was deleted. Price begins by sharing his legal expertise with the crowd, telling them the lawsuits challenging the presidential presidential race are likely to fail. I'd love to tell you there are legal avenues for success in the courts. But as a realist and as a lawyer myself, I know that that's just not going to happen, he said. Instead, Price encouraged the crowd to work toward a billion man march at the state capitol, show up in Atlanta on Election Day and move if they can do it, quote, We absolutely have to hold the Senate and we have to start fighting back and we have to do whatever it takes. And if that means changing your address for the next two months, so be it. I'm doing that. I'm moving to Georgia and I'm going to fight and I want you to fight all with me. That is illegal. And I criticize the Democrats for the same thing. And you bet I will criticize a Republican for doing the same thing. Granted, as I mentioned earlier on, it's one guy saying it. He's not particularly high profile, but I'll tell you what, it still matters. The other day I showed you a video Donald Trump tweeted from some low level political action type, you know, political action committee activists offering up cash rewards and a raffle for those who proved they voted. Just because it's one random guy doesn't mean it is insignificant. It's absolutely significant. We cannot tolerate this kind of insane interference and election manipulation. Now, I'll tell you what's scary. The Democrats say they're going to do the same thing. They're talking about doing the same thing. And do you think they won't? Of course they will. 
And they are more willing and able to do it than Republicans are. And that, my friends, is political warfare. Many of these Democrats don't have kids. Many uh, single, unma- uh, you know, unmarried, childless women are Democrats. Meaning, and I'm not, I'm, this is not a dig at, at women in any capacity. I'm saying that they're free to just hop in a car, take some time off. Maybe they don't have a job anyway because COVID. Drive on down to Georgia and declare a new residency. What have you got to lose? Especially when people are facing mass eviction. Tons of people are probably going to say, you know what? Why don't I just move to Georgia? Now, this guy says for the next two months, so be it. What if people just say, I already lost my house. I already lost my job. I'm just going to move to Georgia anyway and live there. This is where things are going to get spicy. Georgia is going to have so many new residents. It's going to be absolutely remarkable. Now, there are some interesting questions arising about Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood. Take a look at this from the Daily Beast. Trumpist lawyers tell Georgia Republicans don't vote in the Senate runoff. Lynn Wood held a rally on Wednesday and said, let's just say it. It wasn't what national Republicans wanted to hear. Now, this is from Will, uh, Will Summer of the Daily Beast. He doesn't have a really good track record with good and honest reporting. But I can tell you, Lynn Wood did this and the left has taken notice. That's the significance of this article. From the Daily Caller, a right wing outlet, Trump allies go after former Democrat con artists Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell over Georgia Senate runoff comments. Now things are getting spicy. The Daily Caller reports a number of President Donald Trump's closest allies have turned on accused con artists Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell following comments they made Wednesday at a Stop the Steal rally in Georgia. Attorneys Wood and Powell, both former Democrats, styled the event as a rally in support of Trump's attempts to overturn the results of the the general election, where they accused Georgia's Republican governor, Brian Kemp, of working for China and called on all Republicans to withhold votes for incumbent Senator Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue in the upcoming Senate runoffs because it would be another rigged election. Loeffler and Perdue face off against Democratic candidates Reverend Raphael Warnock. So we, we, we know that. Democrats will eliminate the GOP Senate majority if both uh, if, if they win. Both parties will hold 50 seats and Kamala Harris will be the tiebreaker. Quote, this isn't about blindly supporting a political party. It's about defending our God given constitutional liberties from power hungry left wing radicals who would happily attempt to rewrite the Constitution if given total control of government. Andy Sarabian, co-founder of Save the USA Senate PAC, told The Daily Caller on Thursday, no politician owns your vote. But unilateral disarmament only emboldens and rewards the very people who spent the last four years resisting, sabotaging, and literally impeaching this president. Quote, if you care about protecting Trump's amazing accomplishments and want to stop Democrats from achieving their achieving their decades long endgame of permanently transforming this country, then we believe it's vital to hold the line and stand with President Trump in support of Senators Perdue and Loeffler on January 5th, he added. Trump campaign spokesman Tim Murtaugh tweeted Thursday morning that it's imperative that Georgians send Purdue and Loeffler back to the Senate and elect other Republicans. However, this is what we're now seeing from the Trump war room. Let me remind you, Trump war room verified. They say highlighting real Donald Trump's promises kept fighting the fake news and managed by Team Trump 2020 campaign with 1.2 million followers. They tweeted records. Lynn Wood has for decades voted for donated to Democrats, including Barack Obama and David Perdue's 2014 opponent. A story from Breitbart. Georgia-based attorney Lynn Wood is getting lots of attention for urging supporters of Trump to break with the president and not vote for the Republican senators. Naturally, 
people are starting to question whether or not Linwood actually supports the president and the movement or the cause. I'll tell you what's fascinating. We know for a fact that there are Democrats pretending to be Republicans for the express purpose of flipping the election, convincing Republicans not to support the the Republican Party. I mean, that's 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 insane. If the Democrats get control of the Senate and the presidency, they will pack the Supreme Courts. You, the, uh, I'm sorry, the Supreme Court. They'll probably add four justices and then create a seven to six liberal majority. Now, they don't need four because Roberts essentially is siding with the left on basically every issue. But this is what it's come to. My friends, like I said, political war. So the question is, is Lynn Wood in on this game? Is he actually a Democrat pretending to be a Republican? I don't know about all that. He may be a staunch Trump supporter and he may say, I don't care about the Republicans. because I got to tell you, I don't either. I don't care for the Republican Party. I don't care for the Republicans. And I voted for Trump because I thought he was better than Joe Biden. Never been a fan of Republicans. And there are probably a lot of people who are not fans of Republicans either, in which case they're probably going to say, I'm not going to vote for these guys. Trump's not going to be the ticket. Let me warn all of you what will happen if they actually take control. As I said, they will be able to pass almost whatever they want, and they can pack the Supreme Court and control all three branches of government. And that's why it is imperative that we have some kind of balance, meaning having the Senate stay in the hands of Republicans is actually it's a pretty good outcome. You'll have a Joe Biden presidency, which I think is going to be extremely awful, but you'll have Republicans to kind of push back. They're going to do whatever they can, anything they can to win. And that's why begrudgingly I say, okay, I guess the Republicans probably should win this one. But what about Sidney Powell? That's another question. Sidney Powell and Linwood oppose Trump, push Georgians not to vote in Senate runoff. This is really interesting because when Tucker Carlson questioned Sidney Powell, he got torn apart. And now the ratings for Fox News are tanking because people followed Linwood and Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell may actually be hurting Donald Trump and the Republicans, which is truly crazy. Check it out. Breitbart reports Powell, who is not affiliated with Trump's legal team, told a crowd of supporters, I think I would encourage all Georgians to make it known that you will not vote at all until your vote is secure. And I mean that regardless of party. Powell's remarks stand in opposition to Trump, who has encouraged Georgians to vote for Loeffler. What's fascinating here is if you're a Trump supporter, you want to go vote because Trump asked you to do it. But there are many Trump supporters who seem to be against Donald Trump's, you know, asking you saying, go and do this. Truly, we live in very, very strange times, I must say. In response to Tucker Carlson questioning the evidence that Sidney Powell claimed to have, Fox News' ratings have absolutely tanked. Media reports, CNN topples Fox News in demo for highest rated month in network history. Fox News beats in, uh, in total viewers for November. Now, that's not bad for Fox News, but you know what this means? CNN won the key demo. The, the 20, what is it? What is it? 25 to 54, I think is the number. 25 to 54 demo. That's the important demographic for advertisers. Now, Fox News, this means they're still winning with older individuals, younger people who didn't believe it, who didn't like Fox News questioning Sidney Powell or Tucker Carlson. Or I'm sorry, Sidney Powell or Lynn Wood or other, uh, uh, you know, pro-Trump individuals have flocked to the likes of Newsmax and OAN. And honestly, that is a good thing because, you know, they're not going to talk about 
these conservative outlets rising in the ranks. CNN did, but they're not going to break these ratings numbers. But what you learn from this is that while Fox News may be the highest rated, uh, you know, uh, channel in cable history, in cable news history, Tucker Carlson specifically, you can see just how small that that audience really is relative to the mainstream networks. Because when you compare CBS, NBC, ABC, MSNBC, CNN, there is just way more people who watch that stuff than watch Fox News. And as Fox News loses audience to these other networks, they're not going to they're not going to uh, break these records for much longer. So I, I, I think this ultimately brings us to a point where the MAGA coalition, the, 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 MAGA, the MAGA base is being split. And it's the weirdest thing. It really is. I can't tell you who you should be supporting, but I will say if you're a Trump supporter, certainly you want to go vote in Georgia, right? You don't want to listen to Lynn Wood or Sidney Powell. Well, Breitbart is even getting attacked right now. Several outlets are attacking Breitbart saying, no, the election was stolen. You must defend Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood, even as they throw the Republican majority into question, into jeopardy. So I, I bring you back now to that poll. I don't know if this poll's legit. In fact, I'd say it's probably not. But either way, I guess it's still just a warning sign for people because the Democrats are leading in both races, beating the incumbents. And if the Democrats are willing to break all the rules to get whatever they want, then do you think the Republicans can really win? The Republicans are fighting each other, accusing these lawyers who Trump said Sidney Powell was on his legal team at one point, And now they're contradicting Trump. The Trump base is going to be fractured. So what will happen? These polls could be right because Trump supporters aren't going to vote for Trump. Maybe none of this matters because I'll tell you this. Without Donald Trump on that ticket, I don't think the Republicans can win. Trump was the rallying force. It was the MAGA party, not the Republican party. And these Republicans won because Trump was on the ticket and they came out for Trump. 11 million new votes, which is why it's very strange Joe Biden ended up winning, but the Democrats lost everything else. Certainly people are questioning how that could possibly have happened. I think the bigger risk to Republicans is that like we saw in the midterms, without Donald Trump on the ticket, people are not going to be motivated to vote. Republicans are not going to be motivated to vote, and that could be reality. It could also be really simple. It could be that there are many Republicans who don't like Trump, traditional Republicans, who voted for the Republican candidates down ballot and also voted for Joe Biden because they are establishment, mainstream, normie conservative types. And they say, I want normalcy. So Joe Biden, but the Republicans. Why? Because the Democrats have gone far left with the squad. So they say traditional Republicans, Joe Biden, that could be the answer. If that's the case, maybe the Republicans clean sweep, maintain control, and we have stability for the next several years. However, I think if the Democrats win this, then the powder keg is going to go off and it's going to get oh so spicy because I don't think you're going to be able to sit back. I don't think conservatives, Trump supporters are going to sit back and watch as the Democrats ram through and destroy the Constitution and and the norms of this country. I mean, they're going to pass insane gun control measures. The lockdown is going to be intense. They will eviscerate the working class. And I don't think regular Americans will just sit by and stand for it. I think they'll snap. The best thing right now is that Republicans win the Senate and not for their policies for the most part, just to balance out what the left and the right have been feuding over. Polarization is intense. If the Republicans can hold the Senate, then I think we're going to get another two to four years of culture war fighting, but moderate stability. We've already seen chaos, violence and rioting in the streets. 
as the lockdowns get more and more intense and conservatives begin rising up. What do you think is going to happen if the Democrats win everything and begin beating down the working class, regular Americans, conservatives, even liberals and patriots? Well, they're going to rise up. They're going to snap. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see leftists, left wing populists and right wing populists marching together. Not because they agree on policy, but because they disagree with the crony corporate establishment. I think the Democrats will try to give the left as much red meat as possible, but I don't think it'll be enough because they hate they don't like Biden. They've never liked Biden. So naturally, I think we're just headed towards clashes or maybe there won't be a civil war. What we'll really get is a populist revolt. The establishment elites will be run out of town figuratively. And then we'll get a bunch of leftist progressives winning and a bunch of right wing populists winning. And the real debate will shift into different versions of populism. So long as we stop the transfer of wealth and the extraction of of the working class resources. I think the Republicans and leftists agree on that. I think they disagree on how to get there. That'll be the future debate. We'll see. I'll leave it there. Uh, next segment's going to be up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast IRL. So if you haven't checked out the new podcast, Joe, go watch. Man, we got we got really serious last night with Luke Kowski talking about war and Obama. Tonight at 8 p.m., we will be live over at youtube.com slash timcast IRL. Check it out. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then. Recently, we heard that a bar owner in Staten Island was defying the coronavirus lockdown in New York. And police came and actually arrested the man. What was crazy about it is that this guy's on the boundary of the different orange zone and red zone or whatever. So only a block or two away, there are restaurants functioning completely as if there is no COVID. It's totally normal. You can go and sit down, eat inside. But this guy's bar shut down. Well, he said enough. People need to work. He said, we have nothing left to lose. We're on the verge of collapse. And he doesn't even know if he can save his bar at this point. So we opened it up said free food and free drinks, just donate if you can. And cops came in violation of the Constitution, the supreme law of this land, and arrested the man. They violated his constitutional right to peaceably assemble. And as some would argue, the 14th Amendment to be equal under the law, because just two blocks away, as I mentioned, people are living their lives like normal. Now, hundreds of people in Staten Island came out and protested. And it's not just this story that's getting a lot of attention. A man in Michigan opening his restaurant. He walks up. There's, there's, there's a news report going on where they're like, this restaurant is staying open. The guy walks up behind the camera. You can see it. It's crazy. Real time. And he says, are you talking about this? I'm the owner. People, you need to stand up and say, no, the government printed trillions of dollars and they gave it all to special interest groups, to their donors and to the massive multinational corporations. This is the largest transfer of wealth in U.S. history. And so long as this money is going to massive multinational corporations, is being stripped away from the American people. Don't believe me? I am going to show you a statistic right now that is going to make you, well, let's just say a drop a load in your pants right now. So I hope you're ready. What is happening with everything we are seeing is that small businesses, the businesses that are the lifeblood of this country, the money that circulates in our communities and make sure that we survive is being extracted And it is going to the likes of Amazon, big multinational corporations. 
Many of these companies hire foreign workers, not American citizens. Our wealth is being extracted not just from us to the wealthy, but from us to foreign countries. Dylan Radigan brought it up. Remember Dylan, Dylan Radigan, MSNBC? I believe it was like 2012 or 2013 when he said this country is being extracted in many ways, but he also mentioned through trade. It's happening now and it's being accelerated. It's almost as if they are angry that Donald Trump bolstered the U.S. economy to the extent that he did. And they're trying now to beat the U.S. back down and give our money away. You ready for this for the stat that is going to make you make your jaw drop? I hope y'all are ready for this number. Twenty three point six percent of all U.S. dollars were created in the last year. Think about that. Nearly one fourth of the money of the United States was printed in one year. You know what this means for rapid inflation? Well, there's some good news for those that hold massive debt, I guess, because rapid inflation means the debt becomes worthless. But this means that your money becomes worthless. Your savings becomes worthless. And therein lies the serious problem here. Retirement accounts, worthless. The, uh, the, the pe- people who have saved and are just trying to get by on a budget, I'm sorry. The, the bad news is here. They are locking everything down. It is getting worse. And now they're telling us that we had the worst day ever with COVID. That's the new breaking news from CNN. The U.S. has reported its most coronavirus deaths in a single day, over 2,800. Therefore, we must lock everything down worse than we have ever seen. In March, when the lockdowns came, most people said, okay, you know, 15 days to slow the spread. How about that? They said it's got to be about a month and a half, six weeks. And people were like, OK, yeah, we'll do it. You know, we'll uh, we'll we'll do it now. It's 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 going on. All, uh, what? Ten months, uh, nine or nine months or so. It was March when it went down. This business owner in Michigan said when they printed these trillions of dollars, if they gave him twenty thousand dollars and said, use this money to keep your bills, machines, you know, the, the, the machine churn in, pay your bills, pay your taxes, whatever, and just don't come in. He said, I, I'd have backed away and said, all right, let's let's let, uh, let this virus thing uh, play out. They didn't. They cut everybody a stimulus check. A lot of people were kind of happy with it for the time being. Now what they're doing is just printing money for the millionaires and the billionaires. I know it's really funny seeing this guy, this Portage restaurant owner. He says he feels abandoned by the government. <laughs> yeah, well, you're in Michigan, buddy. You got a Democrat governor. But he he goes on to talk about uh, these big corporations and donors getting all this money. And I said, he sounds like Bernie Sanders, at least how Bernie Sanders used to sound until he joined the ranks of the crony establishment Democrats. I want to read you read you the story about what's going on with these massive protests in Staten Island, because, wow, bravo to these guys. But let me just point out, I have the story from Newsweek. Every mayor governor accused of breaking COVID restrictions and why. This is a story from Newsweek giving us a list of the politicians who violated COVID lockdown. And guess what? They are all Democrats, every single one. And I tell you, this is why I am always ragging on Democrats, not because I just don't like the left or whatever. I actually am fairly leftist. You know what I tweeted earlier? I said, man, I am really close to screaming workers of the world unite, watching what they are doing to these people, to the working class in this country. I don't think communism is the answer. Far from it. But I would love to actually see left and right for the for for now just being like, okay, we don't agree on economic policy at all, but we can certainly agree that massive multinational billion dollar corporations are extracting our wealth and destroying this country. 
And that's been that has been a, a persistent narrative since Occupy Wall Street, when left and the right actually agreed on this. But the leftists started taking over and the right got ejected. And then many on the right started making fun of them, saying, oh, they're all commies. I'll tell you what, man, I believe in a mixed economy, right? I, I, I like capitalism. I like a free market. And I like the idea of I, I do actually like government. We had a conversation about it last night in the podcast. I said, it provides for the common defense. You just need to weed out the corruption. Limited government for sure. But I think government and mixed economy can work fairly well. The problem is right now, we have a fractured system. Establishment crooked elites have probably at some point said, you know what? There's too much corruption. So the whole system is burning down. Let's just ramp it up, extract all of the value we can, and then buy, I don't know what, gold and Bitcoin. So that when the dollar blows up, You're left holding a worthless, empty bag, just like the big black garbage bag full of Venezuelan dollars I had when I was in Venezuela. No joke. When we went to Venezuela, when I went to Venezuela reporting with Vice, we, me and the Vice reporters, we had a big garbage bag full of Venezuelan money because it was worthless. You would need a massive stack to get like a loaf of bread. For some reason, people still wanted it. At that point, I'd be like, it's more valuable as toilet paper. They are printing money. And they're going to print more. There's a massive stimulus package coming in. This is not a solution. It is the opposite of one. Well, outside of the more technical aspects and, you know, the, the money market stuff, what we're seeing is something tremendously important. Aside from this Michigan restaurant owner who said people need to, 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 he, he basically said workers of the world rise up. Or, or, or he didn't say that. Okay. He said workers rise up. That's different. That's different. Workers of the world unite is literally from the communist manifesto. But he was like, regular people, you need to stand up to this. It's tyranny. There's a quote I see floating around. It says tyranny is when something is illegal for the citizenry, but legal for the government. Many people are falsely attributing that to Thomas Jefferson. It's actually from Radley Balco, who I'm pretty sure is like very anti-Trump. It's still a good quote. Nonetheless, the government can do what they want. The Democrats are violating the covid lockdown and they won't stop. Since this started, you got Mayor Lori Lightfoot, Gretchen Whitmer, Nancy Pelosi getting their hair done because they have to go on TV rules for thee, but not for me. Now you got Newsom going out to eat, what, twice? You got these Democrat lawmakers going on vacation. One guy apparently was like, everybody stay home while he was in Cabo. Because it is illegal for you, but not for them. And who will stop them? Because right now, in these big cities, you have the oath breakers. The cops who swore an oath to the Constitution and likes of NYPD. Someone someone told me yesterday that they, they do swear an oath to the Constitution. But they don't actually care. They're oath breakers. They would go and destroy your rights and they would shut down your business and your right to assemble while protecting the corrupt. Boy, are we all starting to sound a lot like Antifa these days in that right. Now, I think those people are nuts because they were actually attacking the working class people and threatening them. And that therein lies the serious problem. If y'all came out and said that these these politicians are stealing from the people and are corrupt and we have no issue with regular working class people, then <laughs> what, 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 there we go. We can disagree on economic policy. We can sort that out after we've solved this problem. Here's the news. Hundreds of protesters show up in support of Staten Island bar owner who refused to follow Orange Zone rules. Chopper 2 flew over what looked like a block party in Grant City, but instead was a large protest. Hundreds of people stood shoulder to shoulder with American flags and political signs demonstrating in front of New York City's sheriff's uh, sheriff officers 
who were guarding the door of Mac's public house, which is owned by Keith Mac, uh, Mac Alarney. Kevin Smith was mixed in with a group of supporters, voicing his concerns of why he believes the enforcement is wrong. Quote, there's people doing heroin and defecating on the subway. And I think that spreads the virus a lot more than some people having a drink on Staten Island. Some chanted and demanded change in an area that is one of the highest COVID-19 infection rates in the city. Some wore face coverings, while others did not. When asked for a response to people who say that type of behavior is contributing to why businesses and restaurants have to close, one protester responded, at a certain point, like the people on the left like to say, our body, our choice. People said there were no arrests and no summonses were issued on Wednesday night. As CBS 2's Natalie Dudridge reported earlier, officers were guarding the bar door all day, making sure people did not try to eat and drink inside. We have a First Amendment right to peaceably assemble for any reason we choose. The founding fathers, those who drafted the Constitution, is actually the anti-federalists who got the Bill of Rights put in, didn't say you can peaceably assemble for the purpose of, they said, you have a right to peaceably assemble, period. If I want to peaceably assemble to discuss the latest Pokemon cards, then I'm allowed to do it. That is the supreme law of the land. And that's why I say these cops are oath breakers, because they, they care more about getting money for themselves while you suffer. That is something truly, truly despicable. Look, I, 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 uh, I respect police. I absolutely do. And I know men on the left say defund the police. They don't like them. A lot of these these mainstream progressive types, I think, are fake. They're influencers. They're they're the the, the veil, the mask to 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 basically pretend like the left has a voice in politics. What what I see is these police officers, these specific ones here, these these sheriffs, they're getting paid. You are not. You are suffering. They don't care. They don't care about the Constitution. There are many departments across the country that do, that have said, we won't enforce this and bravo to them. I remember during Occupy Wall Street, there was a really funny story in, out of Youngstown, Ohio. The police and the fire department were protesting in the Occupy protests together. And so the city realized something. We don't got to give the people what they want. We just got to give the cops what they want. And guess what? They negotiated with the police department. The cops got everything they wanted. And the cops turned around and started arresting everybody else. Those are oath breakers. Those are bad people. And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of people that would sell you out in two seconds. Do we have a community? Do we recognize the rights of others in these big cities? For the most part, I don't think so. But Youngstown's not a particularly big city. It's not the smallest place in the world. But that's, that was a truly remarkable story that made me laugh. And now we see these guys. They, they don't care. You know, what's really interesting. When Occupy Wall Street protesters walk up to a cop and scream, whose side are you on? You know what that cop sees? That cop sees some hippie, dippy leftists, and they don't know them. They don't relate to them, and they don't care. So in certain circumstances, I've seen ridiculous leftists screaming stupid things at cops. There's a big difference between, you know, a, a cop saying we're, we're closing a park and shutting down a business. There's there there are certain circumstances where there un, are unlawful assemblies because you have to recognize there's nuance in peaceably uh, peaceably assemble. The nuance is, or I, I should put, I should rephrase this: when people begin to not peaceably assemble, is when you are not engaging in a First Amendment protected right. So seeing like people running through the streets, knocking things over and smashing things, then blaming the cops, saying whose side are you on? I'm like, well, <laughs> not yours. But what do you think those cops are looking at right now? 
They're looking at the people they're supposed to, like they probably would go and hang out with later. They're looking at the people who are, who are actually defending them for the longest time. And now the cops are all going to start losing support. I think in the long run, all of this still just benefits the far left. I really do. You're going to get regular people screaming at the cops. Now you're going to see conservatives chanting, whose side are you on? Now that might strike at the heart of many of these officers because this was the last line of support they had. So I'll tell you what, in small towns, in, 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 in many suburbs, you got good cops. In my area, the cops are fantastic. They don't do this kind of stuff. They actually help out. They actually are there to help people. In big cities like New York, they ship in outside cops to break the Constitution with a smile on their face. And this is what you get. People are going to start rising up. Check this out. This guy, man, you really got to watch this video from West, uh, West Michigan. Portage restaurant owner says he feels abandoned by the government. He nails it. He does. I don't know what Bernie Sanders deal is. You know, he's uh, he's he's on the side of Joe Biden, the crony corporatist. Maybe it was on purpose. Maybe Biden realized or maybe maybe I'm sorry, Bernie realized get Biden in and then the left will revolt against Biden. But so will the Trump supporters. Maybe that was his real goal. Authoritarianism is the problem. If the left and the right, the people who believe in economic populism, allowing more control to the workers and less to the massive, uh, to the elites and the multinational corporations, you can start there. And that is, that's a good thing. Now, where you end up is a different story. On the right, they say free market, live and let live. On the left, they say cooperative control and centralized, you know, authority. That's a problem. I like the idea of left libertarianism. Yeah, it exists. Just hear me out. But it doesn't scale. Okay, it's like I've mentioned this before. It's a bunch of hippies on a farm sharing their watermelon or whatever, right? They, they, they grew a plant and they're all sitting around, but it doesn't, it doesn't scale up. At a certain point, you need a simple way to exchange value. Well, as these, these people in government do whatever they want, violate the law, rules for thee, but not for me, while extracting the wealth of the people, that is not what we want. And that is a serious problem. So to the leftists, you have to understand why the Trump supporters aren't going to trust you when you say tax the rich or things like that, because you're basically saying take money from the elites and give it to the elites. It doesn't change anything. We are looking at right now a lucrative merger between the corporation and the state. It is essentially fascism, at least as Benito Mussolini called it out. Now, it's not right wing, you know, ultra nationalism. So sure, the left would classify it that way. But right now. It doesn't matter if you tax the rich. They'll probably say, sure, fine, because the rich just locked you down and it's like, oh, don't worry, we'll give you a stimulus. But the only place you can spend it is Walmart and, and, and Amazon. Give that money right back to the massive multinational billion dollar corporations. So right now, what we need is the populists on the left and the right to say what we agree on. The elites destroying people's lives. Bad thing. The only problem, though, I guess the divide here is that while I can see regular workers challenging the authoritarian and draconian and fascistic lockdowns, the left agrees the lockdowns. They're tweeting things like these protesters are going to kill us. No joke. There are people tweeting about these protesters in Staten Island saying they're going to kill us. What were you doing when you were drinking champagne out celebrating Joe Biden's victory? That's the problem. These people say they oppose fascism, but they are celebrating the lucrative merger between corporation and state. And boy, is it coming for us. 23.6% of all U.S. dollars created in the last year. That is something else. Look at this. 
Look at this massive spike. And they say, they say, don't worry, the Fed says inflation is too low. And the BLS says inflation is only 1.4%. Maybe we might actually see deflation because there's nothing you, nothing you can spend money on and there's no way to earn it. So nobody's got it. You know what that means? It means money will be ever more concentrated into the hands of the ultra wealthy. And uh, they'll just have control forever. It's, 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 it's a system. It happens every 10 years if you pay attention. The stock market does really, really well. Then there's a massive sell-off. The wealthy sell really high. The market tanks. Poor people panic and start panic selling. And the rich buy it all back up for pennies on the dollar, expanding their control. I'm not saying it's a grand conspiracy. I'm saying it's the system as the dominoes fall. Now the exploitation is real. But let me wrap this up with a very fine little bow as to why I detest the Democrats. Can you name a a Republican that locked down their state and then uh, flaunted the rules? I can point out Christy Nome, who didn't lock down and the people threw her a parade. She seems pretty rad. Every mayor, governor accused of breaking COVID restrictions. Austin Mayor Steve Adler. Why? He's a Democrat. Denver Mayor Michael Han- uh, Hancock. Oh, it's surprising. Another Democrat. Gavin Newsom. Yes. Muriel Bowser of D.C. D.C. Mayor. San Jose Mayor uh, Sam Licardo. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Governor Andrew Cuomo. And there you go. And there's a lot more. There are stories about uh, these 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 Democrats who like went on vacation. Uh, They don't care. They don't care about you. And they're treating this as though it's no big deal. Maybe it is. I don't know. But uh, they they, they're leading by example, I suppose. In which case, if you're going to tell me that we are facing the worst possible lockdown ever. L.A. County Supervisor dines at restaurant hours after voting to ban outdoor dining. (laughs) Bravo, good sir. What's that? L.A. residents are ordered to stay in their homes. Oh. At what point do people explode? The Georgia Senate runoff is coming, and I believe this has bought us some time. If this didn't happen and it was confirmed November 3rd or 7th or whatever, that Republicans would control the Senate or that Democrats would control the Senate, the explosion would have happened. But this might make things worse because maybe people would have gotten their rage out or whatever immediately. Now it's being drawn out. The coronavirus stuff is getting worse and worse as time goes on. The lockdowns are getting worse. I mean, the abuse of the lockdowns getting worse and worse. At a certain point, people are going to explode. And I think I think we're heading in that direction because you're eventually going to see I wouldn't call them Trump supporters. I mean, they are. But if Trump leaves, you know, uh, on the 20th and then we go through this GA runoff, Democrats control everything, lock everything down and destroy everyone's lives. It's just going to be people of all types protesting. And you know what's going to happen? The right wing individuals who are very, very critical of Antifa are not going to say a damn thing when Antifa is protesting at the mayor's house or the governor's house. They're going to be like, yeah, well, at this point, that's the breaking point. I don't know what we need. I don't know. uh, I think we need to end the lockdowns, protect the vulnerable, get the vaccine out and put an end to this. There's a problem, however. The wealth transfer has already occurred. The money has already been printed. There's, there you go. 
the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And where's Bernie Sanders campaigning on behalf of the machine? Where's rage against the machine? Oh, I'm sorry. They are now known as rage on behalf of the machine. Congratulations to the wealthy elites and the new new millionaire Bernie Sanders for supporting the system that is destroying everything. Bravo, good sir. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then. They say that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And if that is the case, it's more of a colloquial internet definition, then Minneapolis is the definition of insanity. Carjacking up 537% amid Minneapolis City Council plans to further defund the police force. I just would like to give a round of applause to the people who have learned nothing. See, initially, Minneapolis was like the defund the police place, right? With George Floyd incident happened there. And the city council voted to literally disband their cops. And then crime skyrocketed. Locals started freaking out. And the city council ran backwards and said, okay, 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 wait, 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 wait. <laughs> takes his backsies. We got to do it. We got We got to stop. We got to stop. Now, I guess that they've had time to cool down the local constituents. Here we go again. Now, my friends, here I am saying defunding the police is very dumb. While just previously I ran a segment where I said the cops in Staten Island are oath. I'm sorry. Yeah, in Staten Island, they're oath breakers. You can simultaneously hold these positions saying there are cops that we need. First of all, we need police reform. We need police officers who stand by their oath to the Constitution. And we don't want to defund police departments. We want to improve them. So my position is this. I would like to provide more funding to police departments. <gasps> you get, I know. Putting me at odds with the likes of, you know, Ilhan Omar and AOC. Obama recently came out and ragged on him. And that's the other part of the story we're going to get into. I want to see more funding for cops. I want them to be incentivized to say, actually, I have to make sure I'm doing the right thing and upholding my oath to the Constitution. The problem is any amount of money. And they're going to say, listen, in these trying times, food is better than no food. And like we see in many countries, military and law enforcement in, say, Venezuela will say, listen, the government provides for me and gives me food. So I'm going to do what they say, even if it means F you. That's a problem. And that's what we're seeing in Staten Island. You cannot have lawlessness. That's the issue. So in Minneapolis, carjackings are up 537%, kind of a large number. So we need law enforcement. In Staten Island, the cops are violating the Constitution. We need law enforcement. Well, who watches the watchman? This is why I'm in favor of reform. I don't think departments are perfect. I think they're a product of the system they're in. And there are a lot of bad cops. A lot. I'm not saying all. I'm not saying most. I'm just saying too many. Too many who are willing to come in and say, I don't know you. I don't care. I will violate your rights. In that, I understand why many of these leftists are saying defund the police. They don't like police who are not being held accountable. I completely agree. But the solution is not defunding, disbanding, or abolishing the police. That is ridiculous. And when you look at what the cops are doing in Staten Island, how they're abusing the, this, this bar owner and, and the people of this uh, of, of Staten Island, these people are destroying the economy. In this city where they're defunding the police, it is also doing the same thing. I know sometimes the solutions are hard. What we probably need is stronger civilian oversight committees to say, 
In your actions, you were found to have violated the constitutional rights of individuals. You're fired because you got to make these people think, first of all, we need to build a culture around actually protecting people's constitutional rights and shutting down someone's bar is not enforcing the law because there's no law saying they can't do this. This is just an executive edict from some executive uh, you know, position. So what we need to say is, listen, first, uphold your oath to the Constitution. More importantly, if you don't care, if you don't care about your neighbors, you don't care about people, fine, I get it. It's America, right? You don't have to care about anybody. But if you violate the Constitution, well, then you lose your job. And there should be some kind of system in place where people, will, these cops are going to be saying, I'm not going to do X because I could theoretically lose my job. That's what they're thinking when they violate people's constitutional rights. Now, the reality is, it's tough. How do you, how do you solve for these problems? Honestly, I can't give you a perfect answer and I'm not going to pretend to be a policy expert. I'm just going to tell you this. It is bad when police kill innocent people. It is bad when police kill unarmed people. But there are certain circumstances where it is justified and it sucks. Okay. If a cop has reasonable fear for his life, reasonable, I mean, literal, not these, these, these stories we hear. I mean, like actual cops, he's a guy's got a knife or something. Okay. If a guy reaches into his waistband and then makes a fast motion, cop gets scared. You can call that justified. I think there's things we can do to, you know, solve this problem, but I'm not going to ask an officer to put himself in a life or death position. And that's the, the serious challenge. If we're going to ask officers to engage in, in, in a job where you will have conflict, they need to feel safe and secure. At the same time, if I then give you that, that protection and say, I understand what we asked you to do, and I understand that you may have been in a tough spot, you're not going to go to jail. Okay. If they have that qualified immunity or whatever, then we also must make sure they're upholding the Constitution and protecting people's rights, not themselves in exchange for a paycheck. It's tough. It really is. I got to admit, I don't know if there's a really if there's a simple solution. I hear the left talk about community policing and well, they have a point. They really do. The problem is defund the police and social worker stuff. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't know how guns work. Community policing is like, the only people who can enforce in this community live there. In New York, you know what they do? These cops, they don't live in Staten Island, so they got no problem violating your rights. Why? Because they're going to go home and no one's going to bat an eye. But imagine this. Cop comes out. Actually, you know what? Let me tell you a story. I once got pulled over. I wasn't speeding. Cop told me I was. And I was confused. I was like, I'm actually, I was actually exiting. It was, it was Lakeshore Drive in Chicago. I was exiting off Belmont. Cop pulls me over and says, you were speeding. And I was like, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I actually was going 10 under as I was slowing down to get the exit. And he goes, don't care. Tell it to a judge. And I was like, what? He said, sign the ticket. And I was like, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sign that. I wasn't speeding. And he goes, sign it or I'll arrest you. I signed it. It created a whole array of problems for me. And that was, in my opinion, what happens when you have cops who don't care about you. They don't know you. They don't care. And that's unfortunate. But then I think about the smaller town where everybody knows the local cops. Everybody knows the sheriff. I lived in a suburb where, for the most part, we knew the cops. There was a decent amount of them, too, because we were in a, it's a fairly large suburb. Well, I, I shouldn't say fairly large. I'd say it's a lot of people. It's not some small rinky-dink town. But you still know. You still know, for the most part, who the cops are. The cops know that if they violate your rights, they're going to hear about it at church, at, 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 the, at the roller rink, at the movie theater, whatever. People are going to be like, yo, dude, what are you doing messing with people, man? He's going to be like, I don't know. I'm so, so there's a benefit for the cops there as well. 
in that the cops are likely to know the people they're engaging with, too, and be less afraid of them. This is why community policing actually it's reasonable. We want to make sure our cops live in the communities where they're actually policing. Now, someone comes from outside the community. Good. They're going to be like, get out. They're going to they're going to they're going to enforce it. OK, instead of ranting, let's get to the news and see what's going on with these carjackings, because uh, enough uh, enough of my rants. Postmillennial says violent carjackings are up an astronomical 537 percent in the city of Minneapolis this November compared to November of 2019. While the city council announced plans to cut another $8 million from the police budget. Oh, that is just, that is just wonderful. Clap, clap, clap. The past two months have seen an eye popping more than 125 carjackings in the city of Minneapolis, including three in the southeast part of the city, which occurred within less than an, uh, less than an hour of each other. How it started, how it's going from James Lindsay. He tweets this. Minneapolis council moves to defund police, establish holistic public safety force. Then, Staggering surge and violent carjackings continue. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a difficult problem, I'll tell you. They say in the past week, there have been 17 such incidences, with the majority of them being perpetrated by teenagers. According to the Washington Examiner, carjackings weren't even tracked as a separate crime by the city of Minneapolis due to them previously being such a rare occurrence. However, to date, in the year 2020, and after going back retroactively, Officials found that the running total of carjackings is clocking in at 375 or more. The numbers are staggering. It defies all civility and any shred of common human decency, was the comment from John Elder, a spokesperson for local police. Elder went on to mention that sometimes it's better to give up the car keys without a fight. People need to know what their abilities are. 74-year-old woman trying to duke it out with an eight, two 18-year-olds is not a great idea. I'm going to stop right there. I don't play that game. I don't. And I never have. And uh, it's not bluster. It's not. Bu- I'm not bragging. It's not talk. I do not bend the knee. I was in Chicago once. This was back when I was like, I don't know, 22 or so. And I was in Lincoln Park, for those that are familiar with Chicago, when uh, some guy who was like six foot seven, like seriously tall dude, starts walking next to me as I cross the street. And he starts saying things to me like, yo, let me get some money. And I was like, I don't have any. And he was like, well, you know, let me see. I'm trying to do the right thing. You know, I'm just trying to ask, I'm trying to be polite. And I said, I laughed and said, I don't have any money. And then he said, I got a knife on me. Don't make this hard. I'm trying to do this the right way. You know what I mean? And I laughed and I was like, buddy, you're barking up the wrong tree. I'm broke. I pulled up my wallet, which was empty. Save my ID. And he, and he says, you think I'm stupid? I know you got money hidden in your shoe. And I laughed. I ignored him and I kept walking. I did not stop. I did not care. Bro, if you want to check my shoes, pull out your mother knife and use it. Because I'm not stopping for you, dude. I don't play that game. You want an easy mark? Go find one. I'm not giving it to you. I will grab that and I will slice through my own hand before you get me on my knees. And then a cop came out of nowhere, jumped out like, this is crazy, crazy story. Cops jumped out of nowhere, grabbed the guy, slammed him against the fence and screamed in his face, not in my town. And I was like, whoa, this was amazing. And I laughed. I'm like, I don't care, dude. It ain't going to happen. I've, 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 I've been in these situations. I'm not playing games. You, you don't, if, if you don't want to believe me, take a look at the video from Boston when Ant, this Antifa guy gets in my face and is swinging at me. And I just stood. I leaned in. I said, I'm waiting. What do you got? I don't play games. Take a swing. I don't like the idea that people bend the knee to these lunatics. Now, I, got, I, I know, I know, I know. I know people are going to be like, dude, you're going to get people hurt. Hold on. 
There's some, there's some crazy stories out of Chicago. A story I heard when I was a kid. There was a firefighter. He's driving in his car, stops at a red light. Guy walks up, his window's open, points the gun at his chest and says, give me the car. Firefighter slammed the gas down, pop, pop. Firefighter dies. It's tough. You know, uh, I can't tell you what you should do. I think this, uh, this, this, this spokesperson for local police, he's probably right. Your life is more valuable than your car. For me, I'm kind of an arrogant dickhead. So for, uh, I would rather die on my feet than live on my knees. Now, there are certain circumstances I'm not stupid. I'd give someone my phone or my car or whatever. But for the most part, I'm just going to be like, bro, you want an easy mark, you get it somewhere else. You're going to have to add homicide to your list of charges if you want to take from me. That's just, the, that's just the way I roll. That's just me. Maybe it's because I'm a bit nihilistic or whatever. But I don't know. I'm going off on a rant here. I just don't like the idea that when you go out and tell everybody, bend the knee at, at the slightest moment, you're going to create more of it. You know what happens in the Middle East when, they, when, these, when, when these terrorists kidnap an American? They get, they get black helicopters showing up with dudes dropping out special forces, SEAL team, kicking their doors in and wiping them out and saving those Americans. I actually did a hostile environment training. We had a bunch of, you know, international security, like we had British intelligence, American intelligence talking to us about what happens. And they explained America sends in the troops and they want to make sure these people know you kidnap an American. The only thing you're going to get is a boot up your up your butt. All right. Other countries don't do that. Other countries just pay the ransom. So what happens? They keep doing it. Now, what's happening in, in, in Minneapolis? Defund the police. Cops can't help. Give in and give up. So what do you get? 537% increase in carjackings because they know no cop is going to stop them. And they know you've been told to lay down and roll over. I don't like it. I get it. A 70 year old, 74 year old woman's not going to be able to duke it out with two 18 year olds. I get it. But think about the reality of that. If everyone was told to fight back and resist and scream, these people are going to be like, I can't do it because I never know if someone's going to pull out a gun, a knife or scream in my face and fight. And then people are going to freak out. You tell people to bend their knee and then you create a culture that will be victims. I don't like it. They go on to say over 500 people have been shot so far this year in Minneapolis, which is the highest total in a decade and a half. Incredibly, the city council still wants to further its defund the police efforts, which it has been pursuing aggressively since June of this year. In the final days of November, they just announced another motion to take away another $8 million in funding from the police and use the money for other ends. It's not just about defunding the police, it's about demoralizing. Because when these criminals know cops are scared to go after you because of what, what's going on with Black Lives Matter, they're going to do whatever they want and say, what are you going to do about it? Do it. Because they now have the high moral ground. I'll tell you what, man, if it were me, I'd tell these guys, shove it. I'm not playing. Do, do, do what you got to do, man. Kick my face in whatever, add, add whatever charges you want. Because if you come to me, you're going to get a fight. You want an easy mark, go find it somewhere else. And you know what happens? It's like I said about the terror in, in the Middle East. They, they avoid Americans. Not always, but typically they're like, dude, I don't want a bunch of like special forces kicking my door in. Sorry. Take the British, take the German guy. Germany and Spain, they just pay out the ransom. I think it's Germany. I know Spain does. So it's an incentive for them. You're more likely to get kidnapped if that's the case. Tell them you're an American. The last thing they want is SEAL Team 6 kicking your door in, assuming it would be them. Well, Barack Obama had a message to the squad. Defund the police ain't helping. Piers Morgan chimes in. 
He says, I never bought into St. Obama, but he's telling the gospel truth when he says AOC and her progressive pals will get nowhere with police hating rhetoric that just makes America even more divided. Yeah, well, you know, Barack Obama is right. Uh, not the biggest fan of the guy. I can respect he's got charisma, certainly more. Uh, uh, he's a better communicator than many of these far leftists are. Uh, he, he's right, though. Defund the place is a bad idea. But we are entering an interesting, ter- uh, interesting bit of territory. We're, we're really close to the, the populist left and right marching together. I'm no joke. Seeing these people in Staten Island protesting when, when this bar owner got arrested and there are cops there, you think regular working class people, Trump supporters, conservatives, patriots are going to defend the police when they watch this kind of stuff happen over and over again for a year? Remember when those gym owners in Jersey kicked the door in, the cops came and arrested them? They had to bring in cops from outside the community. Maybe we need some kind of community jurisdiction thing, county at least. You got to live in the town. Otherwise, those cops don't have jurisdiction, something like that. They knew people in the town wouldn't enforce this rule. And maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. Bringing in outside uh, police to enforce the law in your town. I think that's it's it's bad. It's not good. Anyway, I digress. Conservatives are going to stop supporting police, not completely, but in a certain way. And that's what we're already seeing now with uh, the Staten Island protests. And we're going to see more of this. You see, working people, they got something to lose. They got families. They got jobs. And they say, I can't go out and risk my job. I'll I'll get fired if I say I support Trump. I got to feed my family. What happens when these people are cut loose? What happens when they have nothing left to lose? That's when things get real spicy. You see, earlier on uh, in this year, you got a bunch of leftists. They lost their jobs in lockdown. And for the most part, no families, no kids, nothing to lose. So they go out and they riot and they smash and burn. But the working class people in this country still had a lot to lose. They were eating away at their savings. And they said, I got to find a way to feed my kids. And if I risk everything, well, who's going to provide for them? Now they've been battered and beaten into a corner and there's nothing left. Now they're saying, I don't care. I got nothing left to lose. And that's how you get really close to the populist right joining these mass protests and potentially even these riots because they got their breaking point, too. Now, Obama, ever the establishment corporate you know, politician, is saying, you know, defund the place is bad. Well, the far left is pushing back. And I'll admit it kind of is. But you know the thing, you know, you know, you know what I'll tell you? Defunding the police is a bad idea. I said it. They need more funding and, and they definitely need reform. So reform first, then more funding. We need to build a better culture around policing and defending the Constitution and individual civil liberties and rights. But I'll tell you, man, the more they keep enforcing these lockdowns, and maybe it's the point of the Democrats why they're doing it, because they want to defund the police and destroy the police departments. Regular working class people are going to abandon them and they're going to say, why am I going to defend you? You were you arrested my buddy because he was trying to make a living. You think you have a right to a paycheck and you can destroy our lives? You're on your own, buddy. You expect conservatives to come out and defend the cops who are enforcing unconstitutional edict? Ain't going to happen. I'll tell you what's going to happen. The left will then say defund the police. And you know what we're going to get? We're going to get Minneapolis. They're going to say, you got it. Eight million dollars stripped out from the police budgets. The cops will go wanting and crime will soar. And you know what? The conservatives are going to say, I don't care. You know why? Conservatives don't typically live in these big cities and they tend to have guns. You want to come carjack somebody who's strapped? That's your risk. So you know what? These people, they know better. 
than to go into a rural area because somebody might have a gun. They know better because these people don't play around. And they know better because people in the cities are told to bend the knee. They're unarmed and there's no cops in sight. The conservatives are the last line of defense for many of these urban liberals who didn't realize how good they had it when the conservatives were defending these police and making sure that they retained their their funding, that they were able to keep working. Well, you know what? Urban liberals who blindly just supported these policies are now reaping what they have sown. They're getting their cars stolen. There's violent crime. There's shootings. There's murders. And it's nightmarish. But for the most part, the conservatives sitting in the hillside, sitting in the rural area or in the far suburbs, enjoying their beer, for sure upset about the lockdowns and everything that's going on, but safe. Many of them message me and they say that they've been polishing their guns, making sure they're in good working order, you know, lubricant for all the working parts and all that good stuff. They're ready to protect themselves and their family. The people in the cities can't, unarmed, no cops. I think it's really funny that we come, we've come to this point where it's literally disarm the people, then only the cops can have guns, then disarm the police outright. Now, the only people who can, who can enforce anything are the criminals who have the guns. And if you made it illegal to have a gun, then literally everyone with a gun is a criminal, even if they're not stealing from you. Defund the police, disarm the people, and then what? We get invaded? That's insane. No, crime run, runs rampant. Our economy gets destroyed. And that's it. I wonder what, 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 what the purpose is. You know, we made all these tremendous economic gains under Donald Trump, and now it's being all wiped out by these Democratic governors. And they're screaming that the, uh, the Republican state, uh, Republican states won't do this. So what are we going to get? Joe Biden wants to come in, finish the job. Anyway, look, it's a nuanced problem. It is big city cops, their departments. They're not good. They are not good. Okay. I can understand why we need police. I think police need funding, no doubt, but they're not good. There's a lot of problems in New York city. Now, I certainly think the left isn't, uh, perfect either. Many of these people are extremists who would do the exact same thing given the opportunity. I just think we need to think about what this problem is. We need officers to uphold their oath of the Constitution. We need better pay for officers, better incentives, but we need better oversight. We need hard reform. We do. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 4 p.m. on a different YouTube channel. Go to your address bar, type in youtube.com slash Timcast. And as soon as you press enter, boom, you'll be at a different YouTube channel. You won't be on this one. No joke. No lie. Give it a try. Subscribe, and I'll see y'all at four.